Ego. An unhealthy belief in our own self-importance, arrogance, self-centered ambition, the sense of superiority and certainty that exceeds the bounds of confidence and talent. If you start believing in your own greatness, it is the death of our own creativity. Comfort keeps ego going around. Pursuing great work is often terrifying. Ego soothes that fear. It's a salve to that insecurity. It replaces the rational and aware parts of our psyche with bluster and self-absorption. Ego tells us what we want to hear, when we want to hear it, but it's a short-term fix with a long-term consequence. Our cultural values almost try to make us dependent on validation, entitled and ruled by our emotions. For a generation, parents and teachers have focused on building up everyone's self-esteem. From there, the themes of our gurus and public figures have almost been exclusively aimed at inspiring, encouraging, and assuring us that we can do whatever we set our minds to. In this reality, this makes us weak. One might say that the ability to evaluate one's own ability is the most important skill of all. Without it, improvement is impossible. We will learn that though we think big, we must act and live small in order to accomplish what we seek because we will be action and education focused and forego validation and status. One foot in front of the other, learning and growing and putting in time. It is easier to talk about what you're doing than rather committing to the act itself. We seem to think that silence is a sign of weakness, that being ignored is a tantamount to death, so we talk, 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 as though our life depends on it. In actuality, silence is a respite of the confident and strong. Talk depletes us. Research shows that while goal visualization research shows that while goal visualization is important, after a certain point, our minds our mind begins to confuse it with actual progress. The same goes for verbalization. Even talking aloud to ourselves while we sh- shown to significantly decrease insight and thinking, explaining and talking about a whole project aside because we've given it our best try, although we haven't. The more difficult the task, the more we will be and the farther we run from actual accountability. A lot of us succumb to this temptation, particularly when we feel overwhelmed or stressed or have a lot of work to do. Talking, listening to ourselves talk, performing for an audience is almost like therapy. I just spent four hours talking about this. Doesn't that count for something? The answer is no. They work quietly in the corner. They turn their inner turmoil into product. They ignore the impulse to seek recognition before they act. They don't talk much. When they do talk, it's earned. So how do you prevent derailment? Often, we fall in love with an image of what success looks like. The number of stars on your shoulder or the nature of your appointment or its location could be easily confused as a proxy for a real accomplishment. Appearances are deceiving. Having authority is not the same as being right, or not the same either. Being promoted doesn't necessarily mean you're doing good work and it doesn't mean that you are worthy of promotion. You need to put yourself beneath someone you trust, 
This begins by accepting that others know more than you and that your own benefit from their knowledge and then seeking them out and knocking the illusions you have about yourself. We must be always learning. We must all become our own teachers, tutors, and critics. There is no room for ego here. You can't learn if you think you already know. You will not find the answers if you're too conceited and self-assured to ask the questions. You cannot get better if you're convinced you're the best. The art of taking feedback is a crucial skill in life. Humility is concerned that we don't know enough and that we must continue to study. Ego rushes to the end, rationalizes that patience is for losers, and assumes that we're good enough to give our talents a go in the world. Ego is the enemy. It's defensive. It blocks us from improving by telling us that we don't want to improve. Then we wonder why we don't get the results we want, why others are better, and why their success is more lasting. Passion. It's all about passion. Find your passion. Live passionately. Inspire the world with your passion. However, your passion may be the very thing holding you back from power or influence, your accomplishments. Because just as often as we fail, we fail because of passion. Eleanor Roosevelt had purpose. She had direction. She wasn't driven by passion. She had purpose. She had direction. She wasn't driven by passion, but by reason. This kind of passion is not caring. It's unbridled enthusiasm. Our willingness to pounce on what's in front of us with the full measure of our zeal, the bundle of energy that our teachers and gurus have assured us is our most important asset. Always be in control, doing your job, and never be passion's slave. Passion is the definition of trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Then passion is a form of mental retardation, deliberately blunting our most critical cognitive functions. A purposeful person has professionals and uses them. They ask questions. They ask what could go wrong. They ask for examples. They, they plan for contingencies. Then they start with small steps complete and look for feedback on how it can be better. Dissecting ego. It's far better, far better if you were intimidated by what lies ahead, humbled by its magnitude and determined to see it through regardless. Leave passion for the amateurs. Make it about what you feel you must do and say, not about what you care about and wish to be. When you're starting out, you can be sure of a few fundamental realities. One, you're not nearly as good or as important as you think you are. Two, you have an attitude that needs to be regulated. And three, most of what you think you know or most of what you learned in books or in school is out of date or wrong. One way to work yourself out of the system, attach yourself to people and organizations who are already successful and subsume your identity into theirs and move forward simultaneously. The effect of it, it reduces your ego at a critical time in your career, letting you absorb everything you can without the obstructions that block others' vision and progress. No one is endorsing psycho fancy. Instead, it's about seeing what goes on from the inside and looking for opportunities for someone than yourself. Seeing the constant benefit in making other people look good and letting them take credit for your credits. 
Learn to be a rising star without threatening or alternating anyone and master the canvas strategy. Imagine if, for every person you met, you thought of some way to help them, something that you could do for them, and you looked at it in a way that entirely benefited them and not you. The cumulative effect this would have over time would be profound. You learn a great deal by solving diverse problems. You develop a reputation for being dispensable. You'd have countless of new relationships. Restrain yourself. Booker T. Washington has said, I have observed that those who have accomplished the greatest results are those who keep under the body, are those who never grow excited or lose self-control, but are always calm, self-possessed, patient, and polite. It does not matter how talented you are, how great your connections are, how much money you have. When you want to do something, something big and and important and meaningful, you will be subjected to treatment ranging from indifference to outright sabotage. Count on it. Those who have subdued their ego understand that it doesn't degrade you when others treat you poorly. It degrades them. So get out of your own head. Alan Watts has once said, A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. Imaginary audience. Consider a 13-year-old embarrassed that he misses a week of class. Positive that the entire school is thinking and murmuring about some tiny incident that in truth hardly anyone noticed. Or a teen girl spending hours in front of the mirror each morning as if she's about to go on stage. They do this because they're convinced that their every move is being watched with rapt attention by the rest of the world. We zip up our coats and briefly consider how cool we look. It's a scene in the novel. It feels good, so better than our feelings of doubt, fear, and normalness. So we stay stuck inside our heads instead of participating in the world around us. That's ego. Successful people ignore the temptations that might make them feel important or skew their perspective. Living clearly and presently, take courage. Don't live in the haze of the abstract. Live with the tangible and real, even if it's uncomfortable. Be part of what's going on around you. Feast on it. Adjust for it. There is no one to perform for. There is just work to be done and lessons to be learned in all that is around us. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. Our ability to learn, adapt, to be flexible, build relationships is dulled by pride. Pride takes a minor accomplishment and makes it feel like a major one. It smiles our cleverness and genius. Pride and ego say, I am an entrepreneur because I struck out on my own. I am going to win because I am currently in the lead. I am a writer 
because I published something. I am rich because I made some money. I feel I am special because I think I am special because I was chosen. I am important because I think I should be. We all indulge in this sort of gratifying label making. It creates a myopic, onanistic obsession that warps perspective, reality, truth, and the world around us. Vain men never hear anything but praise. Don't boast. There's nothing in it for you. You can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Our ego wants the ideas and the fact that we aspire to do something about them to be enough. If anyone, it wants to do stuff that gets credit, attention, or glory. Work is finding yourself alone at the track when the weather kept everyone indoors. Our ego wants the ideas and the fact that we aspire to do something about them. Oh my god. I've been reading for the past fucking 13 minutes and I lost where I was. Oh my god. <sighs> it's fine. I'm the only one listening to this bullshit anyway, so... Our ego wants the ideas and the fact that we aspire to do something about them. To be enough. It wants to do stuff that gets attention, credit, or glory. Work is finding yourself alone at the track when the weather kept everyone indoors. Work is pushing through the rain and crappy first drafts and prototypes. After we give ourselves proper credit, ego wants us to think, I'm special, I'm better, the rules don't apply to me. We can't keep learning if we think we already know everything. Don't write your own narrative, it leads to arrogance. These narratives don't change the past, but they do have the power to netig- netig- fuck. I'm tired. Negatively impact our future. And whatever we do, instead of pretending that we are living in some great story, we must remain focused on the execution and executing with excellence, working on what has got us here. Euthymia. Euthymia is the sense of our own path and how to stay on it without getting distracted by others that intersect it. It's about being what being what you are and being good at it being as good as possible at it without succumbing to all those things that draw you away from it no more no less every project and every goal deserves an approach fitted perfectly to what needs to be done we should never earn the right to be greedy or pursue our interests at the expense of everyone else to think otherwise is egotistical Who am I? What am I doing? What is my role in this world? Nothing draws us away from those questions like material success. When we were always when we are always busy, stressed, put upon, distracted, reported to, relied on, apart from. When we're wealthy and told us we're important or powerful, ego tells us that meaning comes from this activity. That being the center of attention is the only way to matter. When we lack a connection to anything larger or bigger than us, it's like a piece of our soul is gone. Like we've detached ourselves from the traditions we hail from. Whatever that happens to be a 
craft, a sport, a brother sisterhood, a family. Ego blocks us from the beauty and history in the world. It stands in the way. No wonder we find success empty. No wonder we're exhausted. No wonder it feels like we're running on a treadmill. No wonder with the energy that once fueled us. Creativity is a matter of receptiveness and recognition. This cannot happen if you're convinced the world revolves around you. As our power or talents may grow, we like to think that this makes us special, that we live in blessed, that we live in blessed, unprecedented times. Russian President Putin once attempted to intimidate Merkel by letting his large hunting dog barge into a meeting. She is reportedly not a dog lover. She didn't flinch and later joked about it. As a result, he was the one who looked foolish and insecure. She consistently maintained her equilibrium and clear-headedness, regardless of the immediate stressors or stimuli. We have to fight to stay sober, despite the many forces swirling around our ego. Other politicians are bold and charismatic, but as Merkel said, you can't solve tasks with charisma. She is natural. She analyzes. She makes it about the situation and not herself, as people in power often do. Politicians are often vain, obsessing about their image. Merkel is too objective for that. She cares about the results and little else. An old line goes, if you want to live happy, live hidden. It's true. Because even if we manage ourselves well, Prosperity holds no guarantees. The world conspires against us in many ways. And the laws of nature say that everything regresses towards the mean. In sports, the schedule gets harder after a winning season. The bad teams get draft picks and the salary cup makes it tough to keep a foam together. In life, taxes go up the more you make and the more obligation society foists on you. The media is harder on those it has covered before. Rumors and gossip are the costs of our own. He's a drunk. She's gay. He's a hypocrite. She's a bitch. The crowd roots for the underdog and the roots against the winners. Wait, what? That, that didn't make any sense. Okay, whatever. It is because... Mankind are disposed to sympathize more entirely with our joy than with our sorrow, that we make parade of our riches and conceal our poverty. Nothing is so mortifying as to be obliged to expose our distress to the view of the public and to feel that though our situation is open to the eyes of all mankind, no mortal can see for us half of what we suffer. Absorbing the negative feedback, Ego asks, I know you couldn't do it. Why did you ever try? It claims, this isn't worth it. This isn't fair. This is somebody else's problem. Why don't you come up with a good excuse and wash your hands of this? It tells us that we're not the problem. Humble and strong people don't have the same trouble with these troubles that egotists do. There are fewer complaints and far less self-emulation. Instead, there's a stoic, even cheerful. 
Oh my god, my mom's fucking... Can you hear the smoothie blending? Okay, whatever. I'll just I'll just speak over it. Where out? Where I? There are fewer complaints and far less self-emulation. Instead, there's a stoic, even cheerful resilience. Pity isn't necessary. Their identity isn't threatened. They can get by without constant validation. This is what we're aspiring to. Much more than success. Oh my God! God forbid if I ever do ASMR. What matters is that we can respond to what life throws at us. And now we can make it through. I can't even hear my own speaking. Okay, whatever. I hope this microphone comes through, please. Lacking the ability to examine ourselves, we reinvest our energy into exactly the patterns of behavior that cause our problems to begin with. It comes in many forms. Idly dreaming about the future. Plotting our revenge. Finding refuge in distraction. Refusing to consider that our choices are a reflection of our character. We'd rather do basically anything else. But what if we said, this is an opportunity for me. I am using it for my own purposes. I will not let this be dead time for me. The less attached we are to the outcomes, the better. When fulfilling our own standards is what fills us with pride and respect. When the effort, not the results, good or bad, is enough. With ego... This is not nearly sufficient. No, we need to be recognized. We need to be compensated. Especially problematic is the fact that often we get that. We are praised. We are paid. Oh my gosh. Can you chill on the smoothies? Mm. Shall I wait this out? I mean, she's, she's going to go on. She's going to go at it for a while. So I guess I'll just continue. Okay, I'm I'm literally wasting my time. We need to be compensated, especially problematic is the fact that often we get that we are praised, we are paid, and we start to assume that two things always go together. The expectation hangover inevitably ensues. Get ready for it. It will happen. Maybe your parents will never be impressed. Maybe your girlfriend won't give a shit. Maybe an investor won't see the numbers. Maybe the audience won't clap. But we have to be able to push through. We can't let that be what motivates us. You'll be unappreciated. You will be sabotage. You will experience surprising failures. 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 Your expectations will not be met. You will lose. You will fail. How do you carry on then? How do you take pride in yourself and your work? John Wooden's advice to his plays says it. Change the definition of success. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. What the fuck? That just sounded the same. It just sounded all the same. Okay, whatever. Ambition. Marcus Aurelius reminded himself mean what how am i wording this marcus aurelius reminded himself okay tying your well-being to what other people say or do sanity means tying it to your own actions do your work do it well then let go on that god is that right then that's oh my god this 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 is, it just keeps getting worse. 
mm, keep fumbling in my words. They, that's all there needs to be. Recognition and rewards. Those are just extra. Rejection. That's on them, not us. John Kennedy Tools, a great book. I mean, great book. A Confederacy of Dunces was universally turned down by his publishers. News that so broke his heart that he later committed suicide in his car. After his death, his mother discovered the book and advocated on his behalf until it was published and it eventually won the Pulitzer Prize. Think about it for a second. What changed between those submissions? Nothing. The book was the same. It was equally great when Tool had it in the manuscript and fought with the editors about it as it was when the book was published, sold copies, and won awards. If only he had realized this, he couldn't. But from this example, this is why we can't let externals determine whether or not something was worth it. It's on us. The world is, after all, indifferent to what we humans want. If we persist in wanting and needing, we are simply selling ourselves up for we are simply setting ourselves up for resentment or worse. Doing the work is enough. We surround ourselves with bullshit, with distractions, with lies about what makes us happy and what's important. We become people that we shouldn't become and engage in destructive, awful behaviors. This unhealthy and ego-derived state hardens and becomes almost permanent until catabasis forces us to face it. Durs Dura traguntur. Hard things are broken by hard things. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. We cannot be humble except by enduring humiliations. Change behind... Change... What the fuck? Change behinds by hearing the... What? What? I can't English. I can't do any... I'm not fluent in any other language either. I'm freaking fluent in stupidity. Um, hearing the criticism and the words of the people around you. Even if those words are mean-spirited, angry, and or hurtful. Oh my god, we're almost done. It means weighing them. Discarding the ones that don't matter and reflecting on the ones that do. This is the characteristic. Oh my god, char- characteristic of how great people think. It's not that they find failure in every success. They just hold themselves to a standard that exceeds what society might consider to be objective success. Because of that, they don't care what other people think. They care whether or not they met their own standards. And these standards are much higher than everyone else's. For instance, instead of celebrating or congratulating themselves, they put their heads back down and focus on how to get even better. That's what makes humility such a powerful force. It can feel like self-inflicted torture sometimes but it does force you to keep going and always improve ego can't see both sides of the same issue it can't get any better because it only sees the validation remember vain men never hear anything but praise it can only see what's going well not what isn't a person judges himself based on his own standards and doesn't crave the spotlight in the same way as someone who lets applause dictate success a person who can think long-term doesn't pity the, the, herself during short-term setbacks. A person who values the team can share credit and subsume his own interests in a way that most others can't. Reflecting on what went well or am- how amazing we are doesn't get us anywhere, except to wh- maybe where we are now. They say that give you 
Give a man a fish, and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime. Take inventory for a second. What do you dislike? Whose name fills you with revulsion and rage? Now, have these strong feelings really helped you accomplish anything? Take an even wider inventory. Where has hatred and rage, hatred and rage, really ever gotten anyone? Especially because almost universally, universally. The traits or behaviors that have pissed us off in other people—their dishonesty, their selfishness, their laziness—are hardly ever going to work out well for them in the end. Their ego and short-sightedness contains its own punishment. The question we must ask ourselves is: Are we going to be miserable just because other people are? In failure or adversity, it's so easy to hate. Hate defers blame. It makes someone else responsibility responsible. It's a distraction too. We don't do much else when we're busy getting revenge or investigating the wrongs that have supposedly been done to us. Does this get us? Does this get us any closer to where we want to be? No. It just keeps us where we are, or worse, arrests our development entirely. If we are already successful, as Hearst was, it tarnishes our legacy and turns sour what should have been our golden years. Meanwhile, love is right there. Egoless, positive, vulnerable, peaceful, and productive. Oh my God! Finally, I'm gonna do the Ariana Grande thing after like she sings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, that doesn't sound. That sounds terrible. It sounds like ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, I'm in a state of mind. I wanna be a 